Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night cheer. Whoops, we got sound on somebody. And Shmuel Yaakov and Moshe and Jeanette Bas Avraim Akrayim. I'd like to give a shout out, a happy birthday to Yafa, Yafit. Shnat Tzach Abracha, Rizam Vishanim. This Shabbos, Pash Bamidbar, Erev Chagashvus. It doesn't matter if you're in America, if you're in Israel, Erev Chagashvus. If you keep Shavuos for one day in Hatzisrael or two days in Chutzlaretz, this Shabbos is still out of Yom Tov. Why is... What's going on with the... You don't hear? Why don't you hear? What's wrong with the sound? I know what's wrong with the sound. Probably my mic, let me see. Yes. It was muted. Thank you for the uh, hand signals. Okay. We do not make an aid of Tafshil. We're not cooking on Shabbos for Yom Tif. Native Tafshil is made when we cook from Yom Tif for Shabbos. We don't cook on Shabbos for Yom Tif. So Native Tafshil would not rectify that regardless, and therefore we do not make Native Tafshil this week. Shabbos Bamidbar, Pash Bamidbar always comes out before Shavuos. Or Besmichas to Shavuos. Obviously, that's the soul already raining Nosei this week. We'll only catch up Matas Masai. But this still means that Bamidba was read before Shavuos. In the wonderful world of WhatsApps, um, people send out different stories and voice notes and quips. And smart aleck remarks, as we call them. Most notably, is a short little video, or what they call a, a GIF, a GIF. When you get a voice note that's over two and a half, three minutes, even four minutes max, it doesn't usually make the agenda. Nobody usually cut. It doesn't make the cut. And most people won't listen to it. I sent out last week, I got a 10-minute voice note mm-hmm. of an amazing, amazing story, and I sent it out. Mm-hmm. And those who took the 10 minutes to listen to it immediately sent me a message, why didn't you tell me to get a box of tissues before I heard this? an extremely powerful story of three Holocaust survivors Bergen Belsen one of them ended up in Beijing and as he told his story a <coughs> child of the second one was there and said that their father is still alive and when the Shriach of Beijing told over the story here in Williamsburg the third Kayan stood up and said he was the third. So, another 10 minute video and a voice note went around of another very, very, very powerful story. A Belzechosid. We have absolutely no connections to Chabad at all, to Lubavitch. 
had woke up one morning and his neck was bothering him. Just couldn't turn his head. One day, a second, a third day, it was getting worse and worse. He went to the doctor, and doctors took x-rays, CAT scans, whatever it was, and said that the vertebrae had gotten one on top of the other. I'm sure everybody listening to the shear is very medically inclined. They have knows exactly what I'm talking about. I don't. Um, nothing. The vertebrae on top of each other. It has to be removed, has to be changed, has to be fixed. It's a major surgery. And uh, it's not something that's a given that takes perfectly. Well, it was, Tishrei was coming, and this Belzechassid is actually getting very nervous about the surgery. Out of Rosh Hashanah, he gets a video. In an email, he gets a little video of the Lubavitch Rebbe. He never got any Chabad emails, propagandas, anything. So, this is not going to be the first by him. And he took the little mouse and he was going to delete it. But the mouse had a mind of its own, apparently. And the mouse sought to click on the video and open it up. And the Rebbe is talking about positive thinking, about being positive, about how it helps, etc. And about taking... Hold on one second. Much better. And he was very inspired by the way the Rebbe spoke to him. And he took it as a personal message because where would this have come from? Anyway, he started to take on the attitude that the Rebbe spoke about a day, two, three, and he was feeling fine. He's feeling fine. He went back to the surgeon again and said he doesn't, it doesn't bother him anymore. The surgeon said it's not possible, I'll show you the, the x-rays. He asked that another x-ray be taken, and lo and behold, second x-ray proved that there was nothing there. Literal mephis from the Rebbe. Came to Shul and he told his Rav, Shul, the bells of Rav over there, the Shul, his story. How the Rebbe Pashat saved his life. Obviously, he, it was intriguing to hear such words. And he told him the story how the video was totally not something that he had any intention of watching, and how it turned his life around, and Baruch Hashem had saved his life. So the Rebbe in the Shul hears this and says to him, I want to tell you something. There's a fellow that comes to shul from time to time here. His name is Maisha Rosenbaum, I think. And he stands in the back of the shul when he comes. If you ever see him again, ask him if he had anything with the Rebbe. And it didn't take long, a day or two later, Maisha Rosenbaum showed up in shul. And this fellow, I think his name was Berger, ran over to him. And said, Shalom Aleichem, you don't know who I am. His name is... Uh, bottle burger or whatever and I understand you have a story with the Lubavitch Rebbe he says yeah God I do what's the Maisa Maisa saying my wife and I were married for a year for two years three years we weren't blessed with children we started going for treatments and to doctors and to this and to that Nothing was happening. I got a phone call from my uncle in Mexico who tells me, he asked me a favor. He says, can you arrange for me a private audience with the Rebbe, Yechidus, with the Rebbe Rebbe? Why? 
I simply want to thank him for what he does for Kal Yisrael. He thought nothing of it. Doesn't sound like a very hard thing to do. And he arranged the Yechidus. And Yitaka got it. It's 11, 12 o'clock, a certain day. And the uncle said, accompany me, come along. He didn't think any of it, again. And he went with the uncle. (coughs) (coughs) And the uncle went in. And he was going to stay outside. The masculine, the secretary, says to him, what are you doing here? Go in with him. Stand in the back, don't don't interrupt or anything, just stand in the back and... And that's what he did. So I went into the back of the room, I thought my uncle went over to the desk, and the rabbi and my uncle were talking in Spanish. I obviously had no idea what they were talking about. All of a sudden, in the middle of the conversation with my uncle, (coughs) (coughs) the Rebbe looked around my uncle and looked at me. And he asked me, Zogmir, tell me, do you have children? I said, no. We're trying. But we're not benched with any children yet. They were told them, kinder, you'll have children. That sounded great to me. What how did he I don't think my uncle was talking about me here. Regardless, he says. The Yechidis went on with my uncle. They were conversing again in Spanish. And once again they ever looked around my uncle, looked at me and said, Vestabim Kinder. You'll have children. And as <coughs> the Yechidus progressed, my uncle, the Rebbe, kept turning over around and telling me, Stop Kinder. It occurred to me at one point, I better start counting how many times the Rebbe says this. I just want to see out of curiosity. Well, it happens to be that I was benched with seven children, the man is saying, which coincides with the seven times the Rebbe told me, Stop Kinder. And as he puts it, this fellow, Ashtikul Mephis with a little miracle that I performed, but nothing that, let us say, nothing that turned him into a chassid. Just, just leave it at that. Here, the fellow knows that the seven children that he's banished with are direct brachas from the Rebbe. Over. Some things are left better unsaid. And had the fellow not asked him about the story, he never would have known about the story. Anyway, so that was the other 10 minute voice note that came around this week. So I learned the lesson from this that I don't think I'll shy away from 10 minute voice notes and. Uh, if they keep me intrigued after three or four minutes, I'll just listen till the end. If they're boring, I won't. Don't start telling me night bedtime stories. Said before that Pash Bamid was always read before Shuas. Shuas being referred to as Atzeres. Wow, you guys all blew up my phone here. I know I started this year late, but wow. (laughs) Anyway. Atzeres. The Mitzvah Shechonarach tells us about Atzeres, about Shuas. It says, It should be to you. And since it's mentioned the word Lachem twice, 
When it explains it's Nami Lochem, Shvuas is just plain and enjoyable Yamtiv. There's no cleaning up like Pesach, there's no sitting in the sukkah in the cold like, like sukkahs. Just plain enjoyable. Today's day and age, Baruch Hashem, due to the uh, change of, of attitudes in life, people have homes upstate in the mountains. And Shavuos, Leifman in the mountains, especially now it's three days in a row. So I asked somebody once, you think if you're going to the mountain, you can give it back? <laughs> no. One time visit to the mountains only. That's when we got the Torah, and you can't, it doesn't go back on a mountain. Pashma Midbar we read always before Chagashvuas. So it must be a preparation for Chagashvuas. We go to Shul on the first day Shavuos to hear the Aseret Sadibris. There are different customs during Kriya Sotera how people, how people act. Some people stand always by Kriya Sotera, by the reading of Tera. Some people sit during Kriya Sotera. I'm, I'm not going to go into what the real custom should be, the halacha there is and there isn't. When we find the halacha it is, when they read the Aseris Adibris, when they read the Ten Commandments, everyone in shul needs to stand. And if your back is to the bima, you need to turn facing the bima. Everybody turns facing to the bima, the table of which the, the Kriya Satera is taking place. In other words, when we receive, when we go to Shul on Shavuos, we are receiving the Teira Mechadosh, once again. And it's a definite thing that we need to prepare for such a thing. At the very least, to prepare the way they prepared the first time when we received the Teira in the year 2448. Preparations for Kabbalah Sateda Vayichan Neged Hohor Not Vayachanu Not they rested by the mountain Vayichan Singular What is the singular term Vayichan? We learn from here they stood Ish Echod Belev Echod. Similarly, by the Dera Flogger, also everyone was united. Everyone spoke the same language. Unfortunately, their plan was united as well, was to go wo- to war with God. Here, in essence, though, Ishechot Belevechot Yidin came and stood around Harsinai. Nobody complained who was standing next to him, who was in front of him, behind him. The unity was something that prepared them to be able to receive something as precious as the Torah. And the message tells us, Because Baruch wanted to give the Torah to the Jews as soon as they left Egypt. But they were just not at peace with one another. Everybody had something else to say about it. And we see if ultimately by the Yamsuf there were four different camps, four different opinions, how to deal now with the Mitzrayim upon them and the Yamsuf in front and the Midbar on the sides. 
They didn't have it. They didn't see eye to eye. Therefore, it waited, when they came to Sinai. An arrival at Sinai, everyone became equals. Omar HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch at that point says, HaTeda, Kula Shalim. The entire Teda talks about Shalim, about peace, ultimate peace. Who should I give it to? Only to a nation that loves peace. This was not just peace. Not just unity. This was an actus which was negedahar. They were in parallel to the mountain itself. Surrounding the mountain. And what it represents. The Tate and the Mitzvahs. So when they unite according to Teda, through Teda, this becomes a true ultimate unity. And this brings Rev Bracha Shefa from Maila. And therefore, when one says that whatever connection, the unity they have is through Siata Dishmaya, and therefore is Siata Dishmaya, the fellow Jew that I am connecting with, I am one with them. We are one heart, we are one soul, we are one mind, we are one body. Through Siata Dishmaya, when such a connection is made, on such a unison, HaKadosh Baruch Hu rests. Now the truth is that this concept of Achtos is tangible. Even if sometimes this unity has ulterior motives. As we see the secret of Deraflag, as we said before, they all spoke one language and all lived one life, one, one lifestyle. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu said about that generation, This was something that was totally despicable to the Evishter. And in the end, their unity was their downfall. Because unison, that's proper unity, can only be through Teira and through Siyat HaDishmaya. And therefore this Achdus, this unity, that took place around Mount Teira, this was a true, based on true Achdus. So when they stood by Hasina, HaKadosh Baruch redeemed to them the Pneumius of Am Yisrael. His premiers to Am Yisrael. His true inner secrets. And HaKadosh Baruch enters himself into the Torah. Es nafshoi. Kvayochel Hashem's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's soul. The word Anechi is an acronym for Anan Nafshi Ksavis Yehovis. What me? You're gonna let me noise. From here we learn the preparation of Chagashvus is to strengthen ourselves with Avos Yisrael, to bring another Jew closer to the light of Teda. It's not superficial. 
but it's a unison, a unity of true essence. And one needs to know, everything depends on each and every one of us. The Mazit Shemagid said, the Mishnah says, Know what's above you. The Magid translates, Da, you should know. Everything that happens, Lamailo, Ma Lamailo, in all the higher spheres, in the higher worlds, is all Mimach, all from you. It's a reaction to your actions. Everything is pending in what you do. So one needs to see the world standing on two sides of a scale. One can tip the scale to positive or has shown the opposite. And therefore this preparation we are sure that we will merit to a Kabbalah Satayra But the Pasha itself doesn't merit this. It doesn't ring the name. It doesn't resonate. Pasha is called Bamidbar in the desert the desolate desert. And we know that it's not only Bamidbar, but it's called really Bamidbar Sinai. The word Midbar and the word Sinai are the opposite of what we just spoke about with Terah. Midbar talks about a most horrible, desolate place full of peril and danger. No one wants to settle in a desert. Unless, of course, a Jew says he owns it, then an Arab wants to settle there. Things don't grow there. There's no waters. Practical. When the Jews came and they irrigated and they put together and they built and they put houses in and they put fields and they made things happen there, all of a sudden the Arabs came running, this is our land. If you keep a score at home, the Gemara Meshabbos, Peites, the bottom of Meralif, 89, the bottom side 1. The Gemara tells us the word Sinai is from a lotion of Sinah, hatred. Why is it called Sinai? Because she yarded us Sinah, the Elam Olav. It brought the hatred of the world on it. So, in that case, realistically speaking, we say, we're talking about Pajba Midba being a, a preparation. For Matanteda, and we translate the whole preparation of Matanteda is a Havas Yisrael, and we turn around and say, which parsha is that? Bemidbar Sinai, one that talks about the desolate desert, and one that talks about the Sinai, the hatred of Sinai. We can understand this. once we delve into what learning trade is all about. For one to learn Tata, they need to prepare themselves. Scientifically speaking, if you want to use a certain uh, canister or syringe or anything of the sort for anything in any given potential issue, it needs to be emptied. You have to make sure it's empty, it's clear. And then you could insert whatever you want to put into it. This is the same with Teda. 
If a person has a story of the Balshama Kodesh who came to a Medish, they brought him to a Medish where they learned very, very, very diligently, but unfortunately they were lacking Chsidis. And as he came to the door, he says, I can't get in there. So why there's room to walk in? He says, I can't walk in here. The room is so full of yeshus, I just can't walk in. The room is so full of haughtiness, pride. Everyone sitting here learning is saying, look how smart I am. It doesn't work. Tater needs to go up. We need to learn Tater to elevate it. Not to keep it down here and say this is my Tehidah. After 120 years in Bezna Shamayla, they announce how good it is, how phenomenal it is for that, that is soul, the soul that comes here and all he learned is in his hands. Yeah, the Mayla great stuff. Here the Mata person cannot pride themselves with the Tehra they learn. They're becoming the Ben Tehra. So the preparation, one needs to prepare themselves, prepare their vessel, prepare their mind, to prepare their hearts and souls for learning Tehra. One needs to cleanse themselves. So that nothing around should disturb their absorbance of Tera. I didn't say observance, I said absorbance. If that's even a word. A person who wants to learn Tera needs to detach themselves from any distractions. Once a person gets away, pushes away all the distractions, then they can start to learn Tehra. Not just worldly things, things that are outside of Tehra. But anything that does not make it relevant for study of Tehra. If you sit and learn, call it Chassidosh like I started tonight with stories, a chesidah with a lesson. A chesidah with a message for us. That's fine. That's wonderful. But to learn or to have other subjects disturbing us it doesn't work. Lil meidu lelamid. And all the parts of Tehra that are tied and bound within this. This is all the second stage of learning. When the person has to come to actually studying Tehra, one needs to totally detach themselves from worthy issues. How? We reach to the level of Midbar. A desert, a desolate place where one doesn't settle, nobody settles there. No other people are there. Nothing there to distract you, barring a scorpion or two. This is how a Jew needs to approach the study of Tehra. As if he is in a desert. It's he and the Tehra himself. And Chazal tell us, Kol mishena isa atzmei kimidbar hefker, anyone who doesn't make himself like a midbar which is totally ownerless, en yachol liknes esachach mehatira, cannot purchase, cannot ascertain chachma and Tehra. But the concept of Midbar itself is not enough. We need the Sinai, 
the sinner, a Jew needs to approach his learning of Torah. It's not enough that he detaches himself from the world. He needs to have develop a slight hatred to worldly things. Not that he hates it because it exists, but things that he can't coexist with it. Because they disrupt his study of Tera. Therefore, he just can't look at it. This preparation causes that a person can successfully accept the Tera. Successfully study the Tera. And then one can involve themselves lilmeid ulalamid and apply it to worldly things. Oops, Atlanta bounced. Text me. Oops, Mayrif. Mayrif, okay. We don't need to hate the world, God forbid. Just to nullify the things that are not good for you. But not only nullify them, revert them. Make them good. And reveal in them the Matthias, the true Matthias. Not just for Tera. But to make the world a place where God wants to be a where God wants a dwelling place here below, with the coming of Mashiach Tzikenu and the Gula Mitis Vashlema. And therefore, Bemidbar Sinai is very relevant as a preparation for Matan Taylor. The beginning of the parasha says, Count up, take a thumb, a sum of the whole congregation of the children of Israel. What's this again counting and again counting? There's a halacha. If a foreign substance falls into a mixture, but it's minute in comparison, the rest of the mixture, mixture according to the Jewish law, we can disregard it. And treat the mixture homogeneously. That's okay. If a piece of non-kosher food lands among many pieces of kosher food, and you can't identify which is which, everything becomes kosher. Sometimes it's not just a piece <coughs> when it comes to liquid, we have a concept of a ratio of 60 to 1, a bottle of shishim, or more, a elef. Before we could use this. However, if the <coughs> non acceptable product was a Dovah Minion, it's called. Something that's substantial, that's counted, it can never be nullified. Even if it's about Elf, 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 A whole animal instead of a part of an animal. An item that is sold by unit rather than by weight or volume. So each unit is independently significant, and therefore we cannot ignore its presence. And this is what the Shavuot Kaddish writes: the census that Hakadosh Baruch Hu said to take now the Jews. This count itself makes the prominence of each and every Jew. Making each and every Jew a Dovish of a minion. By becoming a Dovish of a minion, a Jew is never a minority, although they might be a minority, they can never be nullified. Mm-hmm. 
So since the time the Jewish people accounted, not only is the Jew capable of maintaining his unique identity, regardless of his surroundings, his surroundings can recognize and be influenced by his specialness as well. <clears throat> I need to jump a little bit to pick you up as quickly. Hopefully a little bit of Satan and something in Hadashwas. I don't know if I can go a whole hour. Mishnah Bez Pedic Shishi this week. Hamri Bishobin Levi, Bishobin Levi says, Bhayim Vayim each and every day. Baskal Yitzis Maharchiv, a Baskal, a heavenly echo goes out from the Mount Khiriv. Sinai. Umachrezes ve meres. It announces and calls out. Oilahem nebriya ismail bainesh al tera. Woe to the creatures, the shaming of tera. The shame the tera. Shkol mi sheina isik ba tera nikra nazuf. Anyone who does not engage in tera is called shunned. They're worthless. As we said before, Tera study is our foundation of Jewish life. And a requirement far greater than merely a question of just being called shunned. So in that case, what additional motivation to study Tera does this statement of Yehuda, of Yeshua ben Levi, convey to us? We know the Gemara tells us, we keep in score at home, the Gemara Tzubis, Subis Ayn Zayin Amit Bey, 77, side 2, that the Chayav Shil Beishua Ben Levi, Laro Keshes. In the lifetime of Yeshua Ben Levi, a rainbow was never seen. And it's a testimony to his positive impact, impact on the people of his generation. Because the rainbow was a symbol that God was going to remind us that the world is sinning and they would need to be destroyed, but because he has a pact, that's why he's not doing it. So this is the significance of the rainbow, but in the time of Shubh and Levi, a rainbow was never seen. So Shubh and Levi was unique among all the sages in his efforts to influence the people of the time and to transform them positively. So this is Rabbi Shua's message to those who may already study the Torah and maybe even teach it but are not looking to engage others and to bring others to explore and to benefit from its wisdom because they fail to recognize the values of Torah for society at large. And therefore you only study Torah with those who join you. You don't look to bring anybody else in. This is comparable to not appreciating or respecting the value of others. And this conduct is reprehensible. If you appreciate the Torah's greatness and appeal, I'm sure the Levi tells us, don't go about it like an employee fulfilling his job. Obligations. Do it like a businessman who wants to sell his merchandise. Teda being merchandise. Teda is the best Tzedah. And therefore you should promote your wares enthusiastically to everyone that you can possibly reach. With excitement. Every word of Teda you spread generates profit, income, Bring another heart and mind under the divine influence. We find this in Masech Kaseta as well. We talk about the Kahanim, how the Kahanim benched other Jews.
I have to remember what we were talking about. The announcement that the Kayan made before the Jews went to war, anything to give an excuse for a Jew not to have to go out to war. A Jew that was frightened to go to war because if they had sinned, they would, God forbid, be killed. Therefore, different halakas exonerated this person from going rather than be embarrassed and turning away because he was scared he'd be killed rather than just not wanting to face the embarrassment and going out to the battle because he's going to be killed anyway Terry gave them different story different excuse marriage, house, vineyard, etc teaching us the sensitivity of how a person feels not to hurt, not to insult a fellow Jew any which way, form or fashion and we weren't talking about the best of Jews here obviously they had sinned in a way that they were going to be killed on the battlefield still in all we're concerned with their sensitivity and not to embarrass them Taylor tells us that the different things the Kayan can say that they can turn home nobody should think it's because they sinned Shabbos as we said before is Erev Yom Tif. Friday is a regular davening Friday night Shabbos day is a regular davening Matzai Shabbos we will not daven the regular Matzai Shabbos davening we daven the might of Shalash Shigolim. We daven late on Matzah Shabbos. Those usually have an earlier meaning. Matzah Shabbos this week will be later a little bit. You may not make Kiddush on Shavuos at night until it is way after dark to be sure that it's night so that it's actually Shavuos in the 49 full days. Kiddush Matzah Shabbos we made Yayin, Kiddush, Ner, Havdola, Zman, Yakna, Haz. We make Yayin, the Bracha of Yeripi Agofen. Kiddush, we make the regular Kiddush of Yom Tif. We then say, but we do not put candles together. We just look at the candles. If your Yerish found the Yakna, Haz candle, which are two weeks together, Ashrecha, you still don't wave your nails at it, but you look at that candle. Then you make Havdola, which is Hamadul bin Kedesh, the Kedesh. And then, of course, Zman, which is Shehechiyonu, Vikimonu, Vigyonu, Zmanazah. In the time of Matan Teda, when the Yidin received the Teda, they realized nothing they had was kosher. Kalim had to be kashered, they had to learn shkita, so much to do in order to be able to eat. So what had to happen was in order to eat, that before they can kasher anything, they had to have something to eat, all they could produce was dairy. <coughs> Therefore there's a custom of eating dairy on Shavuos. Some have that custom to eat a little bit of something dairy in the morning before davening. Unfortunately, people have taken this to a whole new level and they eat the whole yomt of dairy, because we said before, Nami Lachem, yomt has to be with Basaviyayim. So dairy is not an option for all the meals. What is done for the most part is after davening the first day, come back from hearing the Aseris Adibris, we make Yiddish. During Shavuos there was a concept in the Torah which is called Shtei HaLechem, the two breads. We make Lechem Mishnah regardless, Shabbos and Yom Tif. Shtei Alechem has to have an extra significance in that case. 
the extra significance of the Shtei Alechem is we make Kiddush and we wash. And then we could eat milchiks. Ish kifi ish ish teveinav yase. Each one to his own, whatever they appreciate. Some have a full-on dairy meal, pastas and cakes and kolsruvachazov. You bench. You wait an hour, you wash again, and then you eat fleshiks. You can eat fish with the first meal and eat fleshiks with the second. You don't need to eat fish again in the second meal. And this is therefore, the. this is how some have a custom, or many have a custom to do it, which should be fulfilling Shtei Alechem, and fulfilling the mitzvah. First night of Shavuos, it's customary to stay up all night, since the Eden slept before Matan therefore we now are still paying for that thousands of years later. Thereafter, Yom Tev, first day Mincha, regular Yom Tev, Mincha Shalashigolim, Asher Valatzin Shemrat Shalashigolim, and then a Maidiv is again the Shalashigol and Maidiv. And Monday would be again the regular Yom Tev Davening, plus the Yisker prayer, which all Yisemim will stay inside, to say the Yisker, Laskaras Nishmosan, from the parents of each and everyone that has parents that are no longer with us. In the Welt, the customs to say grandparents and great-grandparents, as many generations as you can go back to say it. Many Chabad only says in the Siddur, father and mother. So that is the Yom Tif, second day Yom Tif Yizker. And then, of course, is Musaf, eating regular meal, Yom Tif meal, festive meal, and then... You could have a rest, maybe, or Dav Mincha. That is, in a nutshell, Minhagi Shuas. Um, I said I didn't think I'd be able to make it through an hour. I'd like to wish everybody Kabbalah Sateda, Simcha, or Bepnimius, as the Rebbe says. And it should be Achdus Ishechad, Belevechad. And we should merit to the ultimate Ishechad Balevechad with the coming of Mashiach in Kenu before this Yom Tov even starts. Shabbat Shalom and Chag Sameach to all.